0: Welcome again to the series The Gospel According to Moses in the book of Genesis. We're at lesson number 60 now and we've been dealing with Isaac, Abraham's son. He's the child of promise. Dealt a lot with that in lesson 59. We're focusing in on the 11th verse of chapter 25, Genesis 25. Now this is the second lesson. And we're going to finish our study of Isaac here in Lesson 60. So, Isaac, I'm going to focus in on because this guy is a big deal. Just like his dad. Just like his son, Jacob. Now, if you take a look at an example, um, in studying the Bible, I found out that there are twice as many Bible verses that mention Abraham as Isaac. And when you put the Bible in its historical perspective, we find out that Isaac is just as as important as his dad. I mean, just just take a look. Rebecca, Isaac's wife, couldn't have children. But she does have boys Jacob and Esau but it was by the hand of Yahweh it's by the hand of Adonai by the hand of the Lord Isaac prayed for her for 20 years and God intervenes answers Isaac's prayer and it's you would say a miraculous birth but this is so cool it's just like his dad Abraham and Sarah they had Isaac by the hand of the Lord She was beyond childbearing years, and yet they had Isaac. Wait a minute. (laughs) This then takes us all the way to Jesus, all the way to Yeshua. Jesus is the promised one, just like Isaac. Jesus was born unbelievably miraculously, just like Isaac, obviously even bigger than Isaac. So again we see the truth of John 5:39. Jesus says in John 5:39 that all scripture testifies of him. He says that probably between 24 and 30 AD and those people had heard him say that. All they had was the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, and the five books of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis and Exodus. Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy were the primary books of the Bible, the most important ones in Jesus' day. Birth of Messiah, birth of the Christ, engineered by God, just like the birth of Isaac. Now, this also speaks of a Jewish saying that originally was brought forth by Rambam. Rambam is a um, shorthand way of saying Rabbi Moses ben Maimon, who lived in the Middle Ages, 12th century AD, for instance. He had a commentary on Genesis, and in his commentary, he wrote, Ma Shera le'avot sinam le'banim. Ma'sherah le'avot sinam le'banim. What happens to the fathers is a sign to the sons. <laughs> so we shouldn't be surprised to see these amazing connections, to the, see these repetitive patterns in the events of Bible characters. It's almost as if it's like proof that all of it is designed and engineered by El Gabor. God, the Almighty One. And this seems to so relate so powerfully to Jesus' words in John 5.39 that all scripture testifies of him. So let's go on. Let's keep looking at Isaac. Let's go see how wells, digging wells, relate to Rambam's saying what happens to the fathers are signs for the sons so come let's go see Jesus in Torah are you ready let's go Now, I want to give you a third one. I'm impressed with Isaac. Really, I am. I'm really getting impressed with this guy. I'm going to go to Genesis 26, um, starting in verse 12, and I'm not going to read it all. Okay? Genesis 26, starting in verse 12, all the way through 33. This is... The situation with the wells. Okay, this is the adventure. It's about the only adventure that our guy has. I'll just read a little bit. So in Genesis uh, 26, in verse 12, Yitzhak sowed the land... Oh, here's the blessing again, all right? Yitzhak sowed in that land and reaped uh, that year a hundred measures. Thus did Yahweh bless him. The man became great and went on and went on, went on becoming greater until he was exceedingly great. He had herds of sheep and herds of oxen and a large retinue of servants and the Philistines envied him. And all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Avraham his father, the Philistines stopped up and filled up with earth. I mean, those are his wells, sort of. And they filled them up. Abimelech said to Yitzhak, go away from us, for you have become exceedingly more mighty in number than we. So Yitzhak went from there. He encamped in the wadi of Gerar and settled there. Notice what it says, the wadi of Gerar. Okay, he settled in Gerar, he settled in the wadi. That's the area of Gerar, okay, the, the name of the wadi. Yitzhak again dug up the wells of water, which had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines having stopped them up after Abraham's death. And he called them by the names, the same names by which his father had called them. Yitzhak's servants also dug in the wadi and found there a well of living water. And the shepherds of Gerar quarreled with the shepherds of Yitzhak, saying, The water's ours! So he called the name of the well Essek, bickering, because they had bickered with him. So they dug another well. And so the story goes on. Now, the point that I want to make is this. Isaac is a man of peace rather than actually stand up and say, hey, wait a minute, my dad dug these. I have rights to this. He doesn't. Doesn't argue. He doesn't make a stand. He goes on and he digs another well. They stop that one up. They start arguing about that, and then he goes to another well. Isaac is just like his dad. Abraham is a man of peace. Now, what I want to do is I want to take the new commentary that I'm using by Dr. J. H. Hertz, Hertz, and he is Orthodox, okay? His commentary is Orthodox and it is considered one of the great Torah commentaries uh, from from an Orthodox perspective, uh, far better than the Chumash. You'll see what I mean in just a second. This guy's a scholar and he's trying to say, and this is interesting when you read the introduction, what does the Torah say? What does the Torah not say? That's what he's after. So you've heard me now for three semesters say the same thing. okay? And that's why I just kind of am so excited to see a scholar, a Jewish scholar. And he uses Christian sources. He actually uses Christian sources in commentary on the Old Testament. Archaeology and so on. So it's quite amazing. Anyway, Abraham, here's a commentary remember the situation when Lot's herdsmen were arguing with Abraham's herdsmen? They had this big argument, okay, and Abraham says to Lot, listen, um, you choose where you want to live, okay, and remember Lot picked the area down in the Dead Sea area uh, in Sodom and Gomorrah, and by the way, do you understand that in those days, probably 2000 BC, that that area of the Dead Sea was very lush. I mean, in terms of farmland, growing fruit and that type of stuff, nothing like it is today, okay? That's proven archaeologically. So, anyway, here's some commentary from Hertz, okay, with regards to Abraham. There's no strife because Abraham's conduct is both self-denying and peace-loving for his brethren. They're brethren. These are kinsmen. This is family, okay? He basically, is strife would be especially unseemly among relations. So although the Canaanites and the Perizzites inhabit the country, there are several unoccupied sites available. In the interest of peace, Abraham waives his right as the elder to make the selection and allows Lot to choose in which direction he's going to go. Now that... When you study the ancient Near Eastern culture, there's a concept in the patriarchal society back in 2000 BC called Beit Av. Repeat after me. Beit Av. Beit Av. The house of the father. Okay, The house of the father, the patriarchal family, had a certain structure, certain sets of responsibilities like the firstborn okay the firstborn of a patriarchal family has certain responsibilities as their son and so on but avraham abraham is the patriarch which means he is lord over the Beit Av, the house of the father he's got rights lot i mean just to realize lot gets the pick of anything he wants because abraham did not exercise his authority and his right as the patriarch. And on top of that, even Judaism today, based upon this. So you take a look at other commentary, they will talk about Abraham is the epitome of the man of peace. So once again, we see the constancy of God. Okay? We see the constancy of God because Isaac is acting like his dad. He's a man of peace. Now there's an interesting saying uh, in Judaism among the rabbis. And there's a lot of different ways that it's said, but let me give it to you straight this way, because it makes sense this way. I, I, when I read it, um, and I believe it's in Hertz. But here's the saying, whatever happens to the fathers, now, now that means the patriarchs, so that's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now this is interesting, now listen. Whatever happens to the fathers will happen to the sons. You know what I find interesting? Somehow, these rabbis are seeing something about God's word that events in the life of Abraham, events in the life of Isaac, and so on, seem to, in quotes, repeat themselves later on. Or there seems to be some sort of connection that they're the same. Remember Isaac as the bridegroom, Rebecca as the bride, Jesus as the bridegroom, we are like Rebecca, the bride. We saw it and we said, that's interesting. This fits. So somehow, in terms of looking at this, the rabbis are giving us an idea that there's something here. So let's take a look at this with what Jesus has to say. So we have Abraham is a peacemaker. His son Isaac is a peacemaker. What about Jesus? John 14, 25 through 27. He's speaking to the disciples now. These things I've spoken to you while abiding with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Now listen to this. You've heard this before. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Jesus is the peacemaker. Just like Isaac. And then I find it interesting that the rabbis say, there's something going on here with God's word. Whatever's going to happen to the patriarchs, and that means Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to the fathers, it will happen to the sons. And all of a sudden, we say, wait a minute. We're seeing this with Abraham and Isaac. We're seeing the characteristics of Abraham and Isaac. This is why... I'm, I, Isaac is not the boring character that we thought. Okay? A few quick ones. Number four. Remember Abraham died. In Genesis 25, 8, he was fully satisfied with life. Okay? Isaac died. Now, we're going to go to 35, 29. You can look at it there, and it says he was full of days. The the straight Hebrew is he is full of days. This is Isaac 35, 29, or Genesis 35, 29, not Isaac 35. There is no... Bible book called Isaac. So I just wanted to let you know. That would have been really cool if he would have had a book named after him. Then he would really be significant. Anyway, Fox, in his translation, he says, not full of days, but satisfied in his days. Okay. So Abraham was fully satisfied with his life. And now here for Isaac, the Hebrew word there for being full of days for, uh, for Isaac is, is Sabeah, Sabeah, and that means satiated, satisfied, or having plenty, he's satiated, he's satisfied, just like his dad, maybe not as satisfied as his dad, maybe his dad was more satisfied, but because of the Hebrew word Sabeah, we get the same connection, so here we go again, We've got four connections of Isaac to his dad. And we say, wait a minute, this Isaac, okay, he doesn't go very far. He doesn't have his name changed. He has one wife. And the only big deal that's got going on in his life is the wells. Okay? But we take a look at the characteristics of this man. and mm-hmm. you say, Whoa, there's something more here. There's something more about Isaac than we ever thought. And also, it shows the constancy of God. Because remember, one of the purposes of this course, okay, is where is Yeshua in the Torah? John 5 39. Jesus says, All scripture testifies of me. Where is he? And so, when we see Jesus teaching about peace, you'd say, Wait a minute. Abraham is the epitome, okay, of the peacemaker. And that was believed in Jesus' day. So, it's interesting that Abraham is not Jesus absolutely not okay that's a completely different situation we'd say wait a minute when we see jesus saying i will give you peace not like the world you'd say this is a repeat could it be that when the rabbis say those things that happen to the patriarchs or to the fathers will happen to the sons so therefore are we seeing in jesus those things that are in the torah of course of course And to me, it drives me crazy that the rabbis don't see Jesus in the Torah. It just drives me crazy that they can't see him. Okay, that's Isaac. I think there's more to this guy than meets the eye. And so when people come to me and say, boy, that Isaac, there's not much about him. I said, wait a minute. Okay, let me tell you some interesting facts about Isaac. So I'm ready to do that when some people confront me about Isaac. Uh, not on an argument basis, but uh, some things that they should realize. So amazing. Abraham and Isaac, le'avot sinam le'banim. What happens to the fathers is a sign to the sons. And then Isaac and Yeshua, Isaac and Jesus, maasherah le'avot sinam le'banim. What happens to the fathers? It's a sign to the sons. Over and over again, we have seen this truth in that Jewish saying. Over and over again. It's as if we see one event that's repeated, maybe not exactly, but in a pattern, in another's life. Like the life of Isaac and the life of Jesus, or the life of Abraham and the life of Isaac. It's Again, it's almost like God's hand on it saying if you see this, I'm orchestrating this, I'm engineering these events. Man, you guys, I, I, I love the study of Torah. I love the study of the first five books of the Bible. And I have to say what changed for me was putting the Bible in its historical perspective. What changed for me was being in Egypt, Turkey, Israel, Jordan, what changed for me is the archaeology. The archaeology that verifies the truth and the validity of the Bible. I love studying his word and how these truly these these books truly witness of Yeshua Hamashiach. Jesus the Christ. So we're done with Isaac and we're gonna continue on in lesson sixty-one to finish. Genesis 25. So get ready, you guys, for some awesome, awesome learning. Um, We're going to see some insights as we go into Genesis 25. For instance, we're going to see that the Muslims are not descendants of Ishmael. On top of that, there are people who hold to the view that Mount Sinai is in Saudi Arabia and southern Saudi Arabia on the uh, western side of the Gulf of Aqaba. What we're gonna find in the next lesson is people who hold to that view have some explaining to do because it distorts the geography, the real geography of the Middle East they say there's a certain thing that moved the Bible says it's in one location and these people who believe that Mount Sinai is in Saudi Arabia moved it you can't do that on top of that we're gonna see that Jacob is not a mama's boy what well, you, you, you know what the tradition is Jacob okay uh, was preferred by his mom and lived in tents that's what you get in English (laughs) we're gonna find out yet that Jacob definitely was a tent dweller now this is key because it means when you actually study the Hebrew that he stayed home in tents because he took care of the family business He was not the firstborn, Esau was the firstborn, but Jacob, even though he was not the firstborn, acted as if he was. So what's the proof to all this? Well, (laughs) join us, come with us in lesson 61. Until then, Shalom.